From APM, American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. American colleges and universities face a lot of potential change in coming years. The evolving economy is creating new economic pressures, even as tuition rates continue to climb at many places. Colleges are also adapting to rapidly changing technology and new research on how students learn. But colleges can be tradition-bound places where rapid change is often hard to achieve. What if you could create a college from whole cloth? This week on the podcast, we're going to talk with someone who helped do that. Quest University in Squamish, British Columbia, opened in 2007 with 74 students and six faculty. Today, it has more than 500 students and 41 faculty members. Quest tops the Canadian rankings on the National Assessment of Student Engagement, which measures things like level of academic challenge and student-faculty interaction. Our guest, David Helfand, was asked to help design the science curriculum at Quest. He had been a professor of astronomy at Columbia University for 35 years. Today, he is the president of Quest University. Welcome. Thank you. Why was a new university needed in British Columbia? I think new models of universities are needed, as you indicated in your introduction, because we have a fundamentally broken system. Our education model was designed in the 19th century for the 19th century, and it does a very good job of preparing graduates for jobs in the 19th century. The problem is, of course, we live in the 21st century, and it doesn't take five weeks to get a communication to Europe. It takes five milliseconds. It doesn't take 100 factory workers to build a car. It takes six robots. And so we need an education that's not just a transfer of information from a full vessel to a bunch of empty vessels and then have the empty vessels regurgitated on command. We need an education for the knowledge economy in which people are equipped with the processes to filter, combine, and create new ideas and new products for themselves and for society. And the old system simply doesn't prepare students to do that. What does Quest do differently than a traditional university? Just about everything. Uh, To begin with, our institutional structure is very different. We have no departments. We have a circular academic building in which the faculty are assigned to offices by lottery. And so they're all mixed up, different disciplines talking to each other. That's a good start. Secondly, uh, we teach in the block system where students take four courses over the course of a semester, but they take them one at a time in series rather than in parallel. And this allows a depth of immersion and engagement with the subject that's simply impossible in the semester system when a student's juggling four or five or six courses at the same time. And thirdly, we begin by having the students take a broad range of courses from throughout the arts and sciences mathematics, science, social science, humanities, and the arts. And then, since we don't have departments, we don't have majors, we turn their education over to them and ask them to pose a question about something that they are deeply interested in that isn't necessarily constrained by traditional disciplinary boundaries, and then pursue that question one-on-one with a faculty mentor over the next two years. So if there aren't majors, what sort of degree does a student graduate with? All the students graduate with the same degree, which is a Bachelor of Arts and Sciences, because all students take both arts and sciences, and often their questions combine both. Hmm. What traditional approaches did you choose to keep? Well, traditional in the sense more of graduate education than undergraduate education, we have seminars where the students and the faculty sit around a table in every class. Maximum class size is 20 students. And... We also have the one-on-one mentoring model, which, again, is more characteristic of graduate than undergraduate education. Uh, 
We also do teach basic disciplinary skills, obviously, but we do it in a very different manner. So how are Quest graduates better or differently prepared for the modern world, as you say, for the 21st century um, than, say, at an excellent liberal arts college in the United States? Well, I think the most striking difference is their interdisciplinarity. What employers say they want today is not people who are faster coders or better at filling in accountant spreadsheets. They want people who can communicate effectively and persuasively in writing and in speaking. Uh, they want people who can reason laterally and think analytically. And most importantly, they want people who can collaborate with people from other parts of their organization to solve real-world problems. And our entire educational model is based on collaboration, a student-centered model in which students work together to come to understandings of the subjects and to produce things really of, of value. And so these students are prepared for that world where people, uh, employers are looking for students who are effective at communicating and effective at collaborating. Now, when you teach astronomy at Quest, how do you teach it differently than you did at Columbia, for example? There's... I think you uh, have a way of teaching Kepler's laws differently. Yes. Well, I just did that last week, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, when I teach it in a lecture format at Columbia or anywhere else, I will teach the laws of planetary motion since that's sort of a foundation of how the solar system works. And Kepler discovered these in 1610. And so what I would do is draw a diagram of a planet orbiting a star, write down Kepler's three laws draw some arrows from the terms in the equations to the diagram, work out an example, for example, how long does it take the Earth to go around the sun, uh, and show how the laws work in that case where everyone's familiar with the outcome. And that takes about 20 minutes. When I do it at Quest, what I do is I break the table up so there's five students working at each of four tables, and I give them a very sophisticated uh, simulation of planetary orbits which produces noisy data as though you were observing through a telescope how this planet is orbiting and eclipsing another star. And I give them a series of 20 or 25 questions, which slowly leads them through making observations, changing the parameters, playing with the simulations, changing perspectives, and gradually leads them to the point where, and it took three and a half hours this year, uh, they stayed, the class is three hours long, they stayed an extra half an hour to get it, they derive Kepler's three laws of planetary motion from noisy data the same way Kepler did. That's a student-centered, hands-on, collaborative approach, which is radically different than the canned lecture. At a lot of institutions, uh, the job of teaching is in some conflict with the job of conducting academic research. Uh, how are you solving that problem at Quest? Well, our faculty do engage in research of various types. The thing is, we don't have one-size-fits-all. So all faculty, we have no faculty ranks, all faculty teach the same number of courses, all faculty teach first-year students, and all faculty teach fourth-year students. So there's no distinctions there. And for the intellectual uh, scholarly part of their activity, faculty actually write down in, in a letter that becomes part of their contract what they're going to do over the next, say, five years. In cases of a young faculty member coming in, the large uh, research portfolio that he's still working on, he or she might be just writing journal papers as one would at a normal university. For a scholar a little further along, they might have become engaged with the idea of how is it best to communicate science to non-science students. And so their research might verge into the, the area of pedagogy. They're still publishing peer-reviewed work, but it's in pedagogy, not in primary science. 
or they might start larger projects that lead to scholarly books. Or they might even decide that after their PhD, where they've learned more and more about less and less until they know absolutely everything about nothing, <laughs> uh, it's time to branch out a little bit and learn something entirely new. And so they might say for the next five years, I'm going to dig deeply into a subject that's maybe tangentially related or maybe completely unrelated to what I've done before and learn something new. That's going to both keep them intellectually alive and going to contribute something in the future to the curriculum and to our students. So Quest is the first, as I understand it, and only private secular nonprofit college in Canada. What's the annual tuition? Uh, the tuition at Quest this year is $29,000 Canadian. Room and board is about $9,500. And that's much more than tuition is at other Canadian schools. So who goes to Quest? Well, about 54% of the students are from Canada. About 34% are from the U.S. And the other 12, 13%, whatever's left, is from, from 40 other countries all around the world. We have, as many of the top schools do in the U.S., a very substantial need-based financial aid program. And so students from all kinds of countries and all kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds attend Quest. Are there things that you've tried that haven't worked? Yeah, we've tried several things that haven't worked, but fortunately we have the flexibility and the nimbleness to, uh, to fix them. We began with the notion that we were going to have writing across the curriculum, which meant that well, we didn't have to teach them to write because they'd be writing in every course, whether it's a math course or a science course or an economics course or a literature course. Well, it turns out it really helps to have people focus on the process of writing. And as a consequence, in our third year, we introduced that the second block all first years would take was a rhetoric block for both writing and public speaking since students do presentations in every class. And what are your plans for the future in terms of growth? You're at something like 500 students now and a couple dozen faculty members. Are you at the right size or do you plan to get bigger? Our campus is built for 700 students, about 55 faculty members, 700 students. And that's a size where we think we can keep a community that is a unified supportive community where people know each other and people are engaged in the process of learning, and we're going to stop there. Well, David Helfand, thank you very much. My pleasure. David Helfand is president of Quest University in Squamish, British Columbia. You can find more podcasts about innovations in college and K-12 education at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can like us on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and follow us on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media. <laughs>